the Catholic brothers took a brief reprieve for the holidays, and uh, and the Republic almost came apart. So it's like, okay, like, all right, like we we get it, we get it, we're back. Okay, so uh, we're starting off the new year with drumroll. <laughs> the, the first 500 years of Christianity. So why are we doing the first 500 years? What do you think, Dan? Well, you know, the first 500 years, it's kind of like we talked last time, kind of the fullness of time that Paul spoke about. Something change in history mm-hmm. and and the direction of history changes. And we see a, a culminating um, event that happens with the incarnation and then with the earliest Christians. Mm-hmm. And it puts the world on a different course. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's almost like the all the seeds of... Christian doctrine are really planted here. Um, all of all of the, the trajectory of Christian thought, belief, faith, practice, morals—it's all right here, packed into that that first five centuries. Yeah, you often hear that um, Thomas Aquinas is usually a commentary on Augustine, right? <laughs> and then everything after Thomas Aquinas is a commentary on Thomas Aquinas. So you have these, <laughs> yeah. these landmarks along the way, and, and yeah. the early church is obviously the foundation mm-hmm. of everything in, in Christian thought. Yeah, and, and Augustine is a commentary on Paul, you know? So so I think it's a great place to start is to go back to the apostles. You know, we really need to start with that um, post-Jesus, you know, apostolic community. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, I feel like you're not going to know who the apostles are, though, until you understand their context, the the, the religious milieu in, in which they are preaching their message. And that's first century Judaism, right? Right. Yeah. And if you can speak of Judaism, I, I think we should we can speak of Judaisms. And, mm-hmm. and that's one thing that people should probably understand is that there isn't just one monolith kind of religious or religion called Judaism in the first century. Um, it's many, many different sects that make up the children of Israel or the sons of Abraham, if you, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, sects that uh, certainly intersect, but also have different things about them, mm-hmm. different characteristics, different beliefs, different views on the temple, and which we can get into. Yeah, and, and we even see this, though, these different strands of, Ju- of Judaisms and Jewish thought in the Old Testament itself, I think Father Pat Reardon has a really great point that he makes in his uh, his landmark um, writing uh, called Christ in the Psalms. Mm-hmm. In that introduction, he talks about how, you know, what even binds the Old Testament together when you think about it? Like, what what is it about Job and the Psalms or, or you know, Nehemiah and uh, Deuteronomy that mm-hmm. is a, a, a unit? Yeah. It's the people. It, it, it's this community within which these writings are held as sacred, and that community is very diverse. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important that we'll we'll just dive right in now and talk about, you know, what are the different, the main sects. There's tons of sects <laughs> of Judaism in the first century, but what are the main ones that we can really, you know, stake our flag on here? Yeah, I mean, you can list them, right? We know most Christians know of the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the mm-hmm. scribes. We hear about them mm-hmm. often in the New Testament. Jesus is usually, those are the interlocutors for Jesus. Those are the yeah. guys he's usually going after. Um, and are coming to him for, for mm-hmm. answers. Um, and then you have the Zealots, mm-hmm. uh, a sect. You have the Essenes, or, or the Qumran community. Yeah. Um, you have the Therapeutae in, in um, Egypt, mm-hmm. uh, a Hellenistic, a Greek, a Jewish community uh, in Egypt. So mm-hmm. all of those different sects are there in the first century. Yeah, and you could, I mean, if you really wanted to muddy the waters, you have the Samaritans too. There's <laughs> a whole other thing. But I think, you know, th- th- that's that was kind of like a, the, the, the dividing line. If, if there was like heretics to the Jews. It was the Samaritans, which is why Jesus so conveniently uses them as an example. So we can leave the Samaritans out. Let's just stick to those communities you just mentioned. So let's start with with Sadducees and Pharisees. Let's dive in just a little bit about who are these guys? What are they about? um, What's their main lines of thinking? Yeah, so the, the Sadducees were the priests of the temple. That's That was their whole life. That was their whole function mm-hmm. um, in in Jerusalem, uh, mostly. 
they had different beliefs than probably the mainline Pharisaic group. Yeah. Uh, some of those beliefs were um, they really just recognized the Torah, the first five books of the Hebrew Bible, mm-hmm. as the scriptures. Yeah. There nothing beyond that. Yeah. Um, we get a sense that they probably didn't believe in the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we don't know if all the other Jews really believed in resurrection. They were hopeful of a resurrection, but mm-hmm. the Sadducees rejected it. Um, the, they probably didn't believe in angels or angelic beings, mm-hmm. um, which I, I always thought, find interesting. Because really interesting. There's a lot of angelic beings in the book of Genesis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but they kind of re- rejected that. Um, and so the Sadducees were that one group, but they were kind of isolated to in and around Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... And, and and really what's what's interesting about the um, the Pharisees, right, is that they take a completely different line from the Sadducees because their view is not only that the first five books of Moses are part of this scriptural body of works that they, they consider to be sacred, um, canonical as they say, but um, they they also accepted the Psalms, right, and the mm-hmm. prophets uh, as as canonical as actually a, a source of belief and doctrine. But the, you also have this: um, they believe in the angels, they believe in an afterlife clearly because they assert the resurrection. I mean, a lot of the Pharisees are asserting resurrection. Well, and and, and there's a reason why Jesus, for the most part, speaks to the Pharisees. It, you know, you often speak most of the people that you have a, a lot in common. The most with. in common, yeah. So so it is true that that Jesus does have a lot in common um, faith-wise with the Pharisaic group. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting because Jesus Jesus almost, um, he carries like this reverence for the temple as a Sadducee would, you know, um, because you see the, the Pharisees were very much, they're rever- obviously they revere the temple, but the Pharisees are most closely associated with those synagogues. Yeah. Okay, so people need to realize that as um, you move into, before you come to the first century, you have this whole history of the Jews being exiled from their homeland. I mean, it was taken over by the Assyrians, taken over by the Greeks, uh, and then eventually, you know, captive by the Romans. So you have the Jews sort of feeling like, you know, we're a, we're a people without a home. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's during that time you see in the book of Daniel that, you know, Daniel has this tradition of praying back towards Jerusalem, back towards the temple for this, this longing to go back home. Yep. Um, and, and you also have this idea of like, well, we can't stop worshiping God just because the temple isn't here. Mm-hmm. So you start to see these little houses of prayer popping up. Which we call the synagogue. Um, which we call the synagogue. And the Pharisees became most closely associated with that. Um, so the Sadducean party is like kind of temple only, let's say that. Uh, the Pharisees are all over teaching in the synagogues. Um, what's interesting is that Jesus is, again, both. He reveres this temple. Um, he calls it, the, this is my father's house, the house of prayer. Well, and that, well, that's what I would say is that, well, he calls it a house of prayer. Now, mm-hmm. we typically would associate the temple with a house of sacrifice, yeah. the house of cult. Um, but Jesus says the house of prayer, which mm-hmm. which I think suggests kind of a, a Pharisaic a more view, Pharisaic view. A, yeah. a, a synagogal view of mm-hmm. the temple. Well, let's go down the Pharisees then and the Sadducees. Let's move to this third group, which I think is uh, probably, the, to me, the most fascinating and uh, most interesting. And scholars love it, too. <laughs> Ever since the discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls, it's like taken off, too, that people are really interested in this group, the Essenes. Yeah. The Essenes. So who, who are these people? Well, we only really know of them from the Dead Sea Scrolls. We yeah. hear that a lot, you know, the, the discovery in the 1960s of these documents. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we can kind of glean from those documents is that this was a, uh, a separatist kind of sect within the Judaisms of the time. They removed themselves from the temple cult. They were, you know, they were the ones who were pronouncing judgment on the temple cult. They lived almost ascetic, monastic lives, lived out in the desert in their own community, mm-hmm. um, and really saw themselves as the ones who were who were going to bring about and looking forward to the Messiah coming. Yeah. Right. 
um, uh, prophetic, eschatological, apocalyptic. Yeah, yeah. And, and so they, they would split uh, humanity, basically, up into two groups, the sons of light and the sons of darkness. And they called themselves the sons of light. They wore white uh, during worship. Um, they prayed towards the sun. And there was actually, um, there was there's kind of, there's a lot of scholars who actually think that their, their form of Judaism almost extends back to a time when there was like sun worship well well and it's <laughs> true because if you're if you're because now we're saying the direction of worship's different yeah yeah know? yeah with 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 the synagogues it was toward the temple mm-hmm. but with them it's toward the sun or toward the east yeah yeah exactly the pharisees are praying towards the temple daniel is praying towards the temple um the this group is praying towards the east no matter where they are they're praying mm-hmm. towards that sun and and that was a symbol for uh, of the of the sun records Oh, nice. Good connection. <laughs> I'm wearing a Sun Records shirt. Uh, so so they would pray towards the sun um, as a, a symbol, a symbol of the coming of the new age in in this uh, this this figure who had come called the teacher of righteousness, mm-hmm. uh, who would come in and they would they would reestablish the purity of the temple worship. A lot of people um, maybe don't know, too, that there is some tension between the first temple and and this second temple. In fact, this first century period is called the second temple period of Judaism. Um, and I, I think a lot of people don't realize that there were two temples. Yep. The first temple that was established under Solomon uh, is different, and it's distinct than this one. This one is sort of like a rebuild after after exile uh, in Babylonian lands. The Jews come back to their homeland, and they start building this temple. Uh, but it's a, it's very different, right? Well, yeah, it's different in, in, in practical ways and also theological ways, because mm-hmm. in, in the first temple period under Solomon, we do hear of the Shekinah glory, right? The glory of God filling the temple. Yeah. Then the prophets have visions of the of the temple, of the glory of God leaving the temple. Yeah. And we never hear in the scriptures that the glory of God comes back to the temple in the second temple mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. So theologically, something feels yeah. off, something feels different. And that would be the Essenes' point. Yeah. That would be the Essenes' point, is that this, this, this new temple is not legit you know because it wasn't actually consecrated by god you know yeah and then the trappings of the temple are are a little different right the ark of the covenant is no longer there that that, there that that box that holy box that held the ten commandments that Mm -hmm. held the staff of aaron is no longer in the holy of holies right um you know so things have changed Mm -hmm. and the the temple is being viewed now differently by these different judaisms yeah and and especially the fact that that herod you know the the herodian family is the one that is like the patrons of this new temple Mm -hmm. No one liked the Herodians. I mean, these people are like in bed with Rome. Yeah, they're um, they're puppet kings of Rome. Yeah, they're not they're not even. I mean, ethnically, they're not even really like a hundred percent like Idiomaean. I think, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so there was a lot of suspicion even of that like legitimacy. Um, so again, you have the Essenes then who have this animosity towards the temple, um, but a very apocalyptic apocalyptic group. So then we have our fourth our fourth sect. Um, the zealots, mm-hmm. right? And and this would be kind of like like <laughs> Jewish terrorists. Well, way, right? well, true. And they were they were the ones where you can kind of say they were forcefully wanting to make straight the way of the Lord. They, yeah. they were wanting to bring about the coming of the Messiah, yeah. and they viewed the kind of puppet kings in Israel as the wrong move. Our king should be priests, and yeah. so they, they're kind of they started when they began their movement began when we get to the kind of Herod kind of ruler of Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before that, the Hasmonean dynasty were priests and kings. Right. And, and, and that's kind of what 
the zealots wanted because that's what the Messiah is going to be, yeah. a ruler, priest, king. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so you, they, they become very militant yeah. uh, to try and fight off the yoke of the Romans. That's interesting because even the Essenes had this idea too of a pre, of a, more of a priest king. Um, so again, this sort of, it's almost more ancient. And in fact, um, it's uh, it's Josephus or Philo, one of the two, I remember that he actually calls their, the Essenes prayer life, he calls it um, traditional. Well, well, again, <laughs> so. first temple theology or even before the first temple in the tabernacle in the wilderness, who's ruling the people? Mm-hmm. A, a ruler priest. Yeah. It's Moses. Right. right. Yeah. So so these groups are wanting to get back to the original, how they view uh, Hebrewism or, right. or Abraham's faith. Yeah. So what's the common thread then that is tying all these people? That's why they wouldn't, like like a Pharisee wouldn't call a zealot not a children of Israel, mm. a child of Israel. Uh, the, the, uh, the, the Sadducees would not call a, a Pharisee not a child of Israel. Yeah. They, they, they consider each, each other children of Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not like heretics. Um, so... What ties them all together, I think, in the first century, we can say, besides the Sadducees maybe, is this expectation of the Lord is coming. The expectation of the Lord is coming and just in general, Yahwehism. Right? Yeah. Yahweh is God. Right. Exactly. So um, then enter in this ragtag feller, <laughs> this ragtag feller in, uh, in the desert comes right out of the desert. He's wearing camel's hair. He's eating locusts and he's uh, baptizing people in water very much as the Essenes would do yeah. uh, with daily washings. I mean, they were, the Essenes were obsessed with washing. So it sounds like an Essene has come stumbling out of the desert into the city. Yeah, there's certainly a, you can, there's certainly a lot about John the Bee, John the Baptist yeah. um, that you kind of, now we understand, oh, it's kind of He's kind of like the Essenes. Uh-huh, There's uh-huh. a lot about him that's that mimics the, the Essenes. It almost makes you wonder if he was part of the Essenes and um, either that there may have been a break or I think more likely he he recognizes that this message is not just for this tight-knit community well, out right. in the desert. A, a light bulb must have went off <laughs> yeah. and he, he then understood his vocation. Yeah, it's almost as if he's, he's, he's gleaning over the prophet Isaiah. He comes to Isaiah 40 when it says... Behold, you know, of a, a voice calling in the wilderness, make straight the, the way of the Lord. And what is the message? Actually, if you read that passage, it says, and what is the message? Your, your, your God has come. Mm-hmm. So, so John the Baptist, I could see almost like has this awakening and he realizes that I'm that prophet. Yeah. I'm that voice. And I'm going to go back into, from the deserts, back into Jerusalem. That's right. Yeah. And I'm going to preach this this Messiah. message of, of repentance to yeah. prepare the way of the Lord. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so you have uh, Philip and Andrew are his followers. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now we're starting to get into this. So you're starting to see the apostles ar- 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 arising out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so Philip and Andrew are following John the Baptist. And then John the Baptist confirms that when, when Jesus comes, right, to be baptized, he says, that's the man. Go follow him. I'm going to now decrease. He's going to increase. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jesus, of course, is John the Baptist's cousin. So they already kind of know of each other. Um, but what's really interesting is that Jesus then goes and starts to gather people. And he gathers someone named Simon, the zealot. Okay, So, so Jesus is starting to pull people from here. We, we learn that uh, Nicodemus um, and um, Joseph of Arimathea start to follow Jesus secretly uh, for fear of the, the, the Jews in the temple. So Jesus is actually starting to be at this magnet pulling these different strands disparate, of Yeah, these disparate groups of Judaism. He's, he's pulling all of them together yeah. into this new movement. And this new movement is the Jesus movement, mm-hmm. right? The Jesus thing. <laughs> so Jesus is the Jew, the first century Jew par excellence. I mean, there is nobody who's more Jewish, in my opinion, than, than Jesus at this point. Yeah, right, because he's pulling together all these different sects that we've 
mentioned. Yeah. He's pulling all these disparate groups all together, summing in up in himself. Yeah. Right? So if you look at the, the Pharisees, for example, mm-hmm. Jesus is Pharisaic in the sense that his mission begins in the synagogues. Reading the book of reading, Isaiah. <laughs> the book yeah, of Isaiah yeah. in the synagogue saying, today in your hearing, this, this writing is fulfilled. So his mission is, is in the synagogues first, yeah. these prayer houses. Um, he's also a Pharisaic in the sense that he believes in the resurrection, clearly. Right? Angels. That, that was, you know, angels, all those things that the Sadducees didn't believe in. Mm-hmm. Exorcisms. He's, he's going around performing exorcisms yeah. like the Pharisees mm-hmm. did. So then you have um, this a scene and in, in zealotry going on, though, right? Because when he moves from the synagogues, he goes to Jerusalem. And, I mean, he walks into Jerusalem, doesn't even say hi. <laughs> First thing that he does is he goes in and starts turning over the tables, driving out the money changers, whipping things. And he's saying, you have like made... Like a zealot. Yeah, like a zealot, right? He's using this this force. He's, he's suspicious of the temple cult. Just like the Essenes. Just like the Essenes. Mm-hmm. He um and, and he's no friend of Herod, that's for darn sure. He said, you know, he calls Herod a fox, you know, mm-hmm. just like again, the zealots and the Essenes both have this animosity to Herod um and the and the temple leadership. So Jesus immediately acts like an Essene and a zealot all at once in that temple scene of driving it out. But <laughs> then he acts like a, a, a Sadducee because he holds the temple well, as the zeal of the Lord's house will consume me. Yeah. yeah, he literally says the zeal of the Lord's house will, oh, the, the, the writer of the gospel says, zeal for the Lord's house will consume this man. Yeah. And it does. So he still has a zeal for the temple, suspicious of the temple cult, <laughs> turns over the tables like a zealot, does not like the temple cult like, like the Essenes, and he's very has a lot of animosity towards Herod. So he mm-hmm. is all of these Jewish groups speaking in one man, yep. Jesus Christ himself. And you have Philip and Andrew, who were the followers of John the John Baptist, Baptist first, yeah. possibly in a scene, right? So, so they themselves are more a scene in their their Christ, their uh, sorry their Judaism, and then you have Simon the Zealot. the Zealot. Simon the Zealot is following him, but then you have Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, the Pharisees, Pharisees part priests. of the temple cult, yep. following Jesus. Mm-hmm. So he's bringing these people together in this new movement now, which is what we would expect exactly. And and now after after the death of Christ and his resurrection and ascension. You now have this this new community brought together from these strands of Judaism, called in a derogatory way by by the temple cult, the Nazarenes. Yes, yeah, definitely pejorative. Yeah, uh, nothing good comes out of out of Nazareth. So. Right, right. So you have you have these 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 new Nazarenes, um, but they themselves call call themselves the Way. Yeah, that's the earliest uh, I guess name for the for the movement is the Way, because again they see themselves as a way within this. Judaism yeah. that's there in the first century. Yeah. It's not something separate. There's no parting of the ways in the first century. That's right. So they still see themselves as Jews. They're, so you're going to see they're very cultic still. You know, we're going to see a lot of uh, interesting mm-hmm. things with the apostles. But that's the goal of this this first episode then, right? Is just to say, here's the Jewish landscape, and now here's the apostles. And that is the context for their yeah. Judaism. 